welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. Today we're going to get our geek on and talk about how information can be beautiful with some fun and exciting examples that we've selected from Twitter stories and news in the last week. And yes, so hopefully you'll just uh, get as excited as we do about data. What can I say? I think we will get people excited by what we have to talk about. If not, the two of us will just be excited for everybody else. Indeed, and I think that's a good place to be. Absolutely. So I think we'll start off with what I can only just describe as a truly awesome story I found on Twitter earlier in the week, and I believe you've also seen it. So it just goes to show that we both think the same things when it comes to data. So there was um, a chap called Gareth Wild. So if you want, to, if anyone wants to look it up, it's Gareth Wild on Twitter. Beautiful friend. He is a frequent flyer. The Bromley car park at Sainsbury's. For the last six years, he has been mapping the car park in terms of where to park, but he's also been making sure he's parked in every parking space. I love that. That little just, challenge you can set yourself and go. I know, I know. And this week, he reached the ultimate pinnacle of parking in every spot of this Amazing. car park. It's taken him six years. <laughs> it's taken him six years. He's had to go through the pandemic as well, so that's caused him a little bit of kind of like delay. But what he done is he's then mapped this out and for anyone else who really wants to know where's the best parking spot he's actually done a heat map essentially oh, did he have criteria for what the I, I think were? he did and it's like i think you said it's like don't park by the trolleys you know it's not a good place no to one park. ever wants to get dinged by no, a trolley. exactly and then he's kind of got this really funky kind of color overlay of this map of just exactly his kind of how he's parked what his strategy was it is just glorious as a i mean i'll forget Give him for the fact he's used Excel because anyone knows I'm not a fan of Excel, but this genius absolute genius and i was just impressed that me and you clearly both saw the same thing <laughs> yeah, separately <laughs> and i think what then amused me was all the people underneath it who were just like do you know what have you tried this and someone was like in the during the pandemic i've walked every street in edinburgh and mapped that i was yeah, like wow yeah. so i've seen them um, there's a couple of runners around with who both long distance runners so you know think nothing of going out doing 20 odd miles uh in, in a, on a sunday and and I noticed probably since the beginning of this year, one of the guys was starting to do a run every road in Whitney. And you just see him like a usual kind of main route. And then suddenly all these like round all the cracks. And it's just, <laughs> it's really striking when you see it because it's like kind of places that you don't normally see that route on Strava. And it's just, it's fascinating to see and watch. Yeah, because you're like, where I wonder where you're going. Yeah, no, and like you, I'm a big fan of Strava. And I've seen some of the, the people that I follow and I know locally doing something similar. I just thought, well, clearly you're just very bored at this moment in time but it was still really funky i'm used to seeing all these massive kind of loops around bristol and actually it was all these tiny lit webs so that kind of then took me down a kind of a a route of well what else is beautiful now listeners regina and i are big fans of information is beautiful we've even gone to an event to listen to the guy who's written the book about information is beautiful wow us with visualizations of data and they are I think you'd agree Regina genuinely phenomenal yeah I really like the principle that he adopts and in the workshops that they run they talk about how to visualize data and make it accessible and I think that's something that's really useful because I think a lot of people will think about data and they kind of have that natural association with maths and therefore it becomes something that's hard it's difficult I don't really understand it so it's really important I think when you're trying to convey information 
that can be potentially complex in a way that's easy to understand and access. And that's what Information is Beautiful does. And it's not just stats. It's kind of really different ways that you can look and think, well, actually, yes, that's data and it's information that's being presented in a way that is easy to understand. So one that obviously jumps out at us, we've got the book. One of our yeah. friends sent it to us uh, at the office without any <laughs> And yeah, it's essentially it's sort of a, the different cocktails and it's in it's drawn in a way that the glasses are shaped as they should be. And then it gives you the ingredients shaded different colours, but at the proportions that they need to be in those glasses to make yeah. that cocktail. And it's so simple, but actually it's really pleasing visually. And it's yeah. data, it's information, it's volume, it's amount, it's how it should yeah. be spread about. But it's presented in a way that you just look at and you know what it is. And I yeah. think that's that's a real challenge for analysts and people who are looking to present data is how to make information that's complex, potentially accessible to as many people as possible so that they can understand it. Absolutely. I kind of went on to the Information is Beautiful website and we're also fans of flying and also fans of air crash uh, investigation. So you're, you're giving you're away fine. all our secrets uh, you're, today, you're really get, Today you're getting to know uh, Team Data basics so there's a map of reduce your odds of dying in a plane crash and it's called final destination how Amazing. genius is that so just some some fun facts that i found on this is that actually bad month to that you're more likely to have a, a plane crash is august followed by january so i was like okay okay so. quite distressing and you're more so it's then also visualize the entire airplane and actually if you are five rows from the emergency exit near the back of the plane so think about the towel mm -hmm. so you're behind the wings uh, but in front of the towel clearly i know my, my planes you're 69 percent <laughs> greater chance of dying there which I thought was quite interesting because it links into something that you said that you've seen which is where's the best place to sit on a plane yeah so there's a really so obviously having traveled a lot before the pandemic in terms of when I could get on a plane and go <laughs> to different countries which I loved but often that was sometimes with work a, a lot for pleasure but it would be long haul as well and um, you know you always want to get the best seat so there's this really handy website called Seat Guru and what it does is you can put in the actual flight route that you're taking with the flight and the date so it knows the actual plane that you will be booking onto and it gives you a map it's essentially the trip advisor of plane seats it's brilliant so you it gives you the map and the actual layout of the plane and it shades the seats according to whether or not they're good so there's you know an example of you know this seat has extra leg room and you can see because there's the emergency exits there's only two seats in that row and then the one behind is a three-seater so the one next to the window has got extra leg space i always used to use it when i was going over to the states and like you get towards uh, sadly it's the back of the plane so now i'm like oh how do i balance between <laughs> leg room comfort versus chances of dying but hey it's a balance everything's risk and analysis and um the uh the back of the plane would again you know as the tail came in you'd go from three seats to two yeah and again they'd be slightly more spread out so you get a bit more extra leg room and I, you know it's just great because it's that sort of crowdsourced data it's information that lots of people have input into that you know it's not one person going around and saying yeah i'm going to travel on every plane type there is and give you a review they've set these out and then asked for information and you know it's i, I like some of the 
the statements are, are kind of around, you know, if you're in that row that's uh, right against the toilet. So like similarly to the toilets might be bothersome. You know? <laughs> I and love that language. The, I know. And the, um, the chairs don't recline as much. And these are all things that people will find important when they're traveling, particularly if you're going to be on a plane for a long time and just bringing all that information together from lots of different people. You're then able to present something that's useful to everybody else that they can then use to inform their decisions about where they're going and what they're doing. And yeah. I think there's fairly, you know, number of examples of things like that coming to, to fruition in the internet and this idea of crowd, bringing crowds information together and crowdsourcing. Absolutely. And then I think if we then bring it into the kind of the world that we work in, but still on the Information is Beautiful website, they have the kind of the top 500 password oh, visualised. It's just genius. You look at it and you're like, wow you can see people's names you can see states in america you can see you know random combinations of numbers and then you see test one two three quite large you know it starts to make me twitch and then you see bond 007 like, <laughs> clever <laughs> yeah and it's just it's a really you know like you said it's a the fantastic way to convey a message that whilst it's fun there is an underlying message that we're trying to to get to people so i think we've come across today are incredibly passionate about the fact that data can be used in, in a way that can convey a story and i think that's and i think that's really great and i'd like to see a lot and i think we are seeing more of it but I'd like to see a lot more of it rather than just seeing tables of ones and zeros really think about how can you present something in a way that's visually appealing but actually it's telling a story based on data I mean how that's just amazing and I think it's probably something that's maybe come a little bit more to light in the the last year I think with and maybe this is just me but I think with the coronavirus pandemic and the the kind of the daily information that we get about cases deaths and all that you know the framing around it around what the, the definitions are you know if you look on i'm you know i'm will look daily on the BBC website to see the shading that West Oxfordshire has. You know, today very excited because it's gone down to the lowest shade. There's only eight cases per hundred in West Oxfordshire, and you kind of like. But when you, so that's great for my own area, but when you then look at the country and the UK as a whole, that visualization of well, where are the cases still heavier? And I've seen then the time lapse where you can see how that. it's changed over the year. That you can see it getting gradually sort of darker and darker and where the hotspots in the country have been and how that's moved around and based on the Kent variant and all that that's come through and then it gets lighter as we're in lockdowns and then it just really shows you how it's moved around the country and where those difficult areas have been and I think again helps the understanding of what's happened and what we're all going through and, and the kind of trend graphs and things like that yeah. everything just kind of I think it's been much more in our faces because it's something that we're interested in because it genuinely affects us every single day and I think hopefully more people have found it interesting and got to understand what that data means and then think about maybe how that can find out other information that could be useful to them or, or relevant to them in a, in a similar way. Yeah there's a really great visualization that does it for the entire world. It shows you kind of the little spots and then it shows the spots getting bigger and you can see it over time and then you can see it shrinking again and then you suddenly see the whole of Europe going red you know from yeah. April onwards and then it kind of reduces down so whilst you may not want to look at the numbers you might just need to look at a two-minute video that just shows the last 12 months of the spread of the pandemic, which is based on information. And it's just, it's really quite powerful. And I think that's the beauty, isn't it? There's so much that goes behind it in terms of numbers and data collecting, um, what it all means. And this happens all the time. I think mm. I was having a conversation yesterday where somebody sort of made a, a comment to say, 
oh, you know, they don't normally track flu numbers. It's like, well, they do. Public Health England will monitor flu, GPs and so on and just to see what the prevalence is. But it's not there in our, in our faces on a daily basis because it doesn't impact us all as much. A hundred years ago it did when it was the Spanish flu, but now it's just part of, you know, the reporting. And coronavirus will get to that, but obviously it's just so in our faces at the moment that everybody's very aware of that monitoring that's, that's happening. And that actually happens for a lot of other health issues, you know, kind of deprivation in disease. Mm. All of these different things that are going on that probably most people don't really understand or know is happening. But it's there in the background and it's really important information because it helps us all it's linking back to the census that we you know talked about a few you know all of this information when you then start linking it is so powerful and i do love it when you get a good map so you know by the time lapse but when you get maps that are showing differences in areas and you can link it to different sets of information so you can see not necessarily that there definitely is a link whether you need to explore whether there's a link between one factor and another factor and then truly understand what the cause is and of certain issues or problems could be and how you can then deal with it and I think we always used to say when we worked in the NHS that data isn't the answer necessarily data will present facts to you that allow you to ask the questions and hopefully then make decisions that can change that data for better so that if you see problems you can then assume you've got good quality data you can make the right decisions and I think it's really powerful and that's why it's so exciting. As you can see, listeners, uh, we do get very excited about this subject, but that does actually bring us to a close. But later this month, we are celebrating our 50th episode, which is also a fantastic achievement. And we'd like to invite one of you listeners to join us to talk about data or data protection or how to make information beautiful. If you are interested, you drop us a line at coffee at dbxuk.com. And thank you for a fun chat, Regina. It was a really good chat. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.